Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking you franchisors along with I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and according to the American Massage Therapy Association, almost 50% of adults in the United States will experience a mental health challenge during their lifetime. Moreover, a growing body of research supports the positive impact of massage therapy on relieving stress, anxiety, and depression. And many of these studies indicate that massage therapy provides benefits similar to psychotherapy for specific conditions. So today what we're going to do is we're going to play clips from three massage therapy franchises. We've got Massage Heights, Hand in Stone, and Woodhouse Day Spa. And that's coming right up on Franchise Interviews. interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 14 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Scott Schubiger, the Chief Development Officer of the Massage Heights Franchise Opportunity. And Massage Heights is a family-owned massage and wellness franchise dedicated to elevating the lives of others by providing members and guests with professional, affordable, and resort-quality massage, skin care, and wellness services. Hi, Scott. How are you? Welcome to the show. Good morning, Marty. Thank you for having me today. Oh, this is my pleasure, Scott. We would like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Scott? I'm calling from my home office today in Morristown, New Jersey. Oh, fantastic. Actually, I, I grew up in New Jersey, Scott. So, um, yeah, so nice. I know New Jersey well. And I'm, yeah, I'm not that far <laughs> from New Jersey. I'm in eastern Pennsylvania. Not at all. So it's kind of like right over the river, you know, so, so we're not, we're not that far apart. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and it's a nice day today. It's a little bit warm still, but, you know, I, I, you can feel traces of fall coming, can't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely can see the swing, but uh, September is a beautiful month in this part of the country, as you it know. It sure is. Absolutely. You know, you, you have an amazing background, Scott. You know, I, I thought maybe, you know, we could start a little bit with, you know, how you actually got involved in franchising, because you have an amazing career. Well, well thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. The first, uh, I guess, about 18 years now in franchising, but that's only half my career, basically. The first half of my career out of grad school was in technology, Marty, uh, uh-huh. companies like Cisco Systems yeah. and, and, and HP. So I kind of got world-class sales training uh, at an early age. And uh, right. a buddy of mine, you know, so we have a uh, beach house down in LBI, and a buddy of mine sure. one day 
uh, was running Real, uh, Realogy, which was Sendent at the time. If you okay. if you familiar with all the real estate franchising right. brands, they're all under one conglomerate yeah. in Parsippany, New Jersey. Yeah. Wow. And he was kind enough to get me in the door. I wanted some international experience under my belt. He had just hired a gentleman who headed up all of their brands internationally. And uh, lo and behold, I got a position in franchise sales to run the Sotheby's International Real Estate brand in Asia Pacific. Right. <laughs> so wow. I, got, uh, I got my international experience. I cut my teeth in franchising, learned a lot from that conglomerate, came back to the States and worked with the CEO on launching Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Right. And then the rest was history because a lot of those folks actually went off. It's sort of like a coaching tree in football where the real estate, the, the franchising tree, those gentlemen went off. A lot of them went into private equity. They bought brands. Right. Uh, you know, Rita's Ice was one of them. And, and then I came into Rita's as chief development officer. So that story kind of repeated itself a couple of times and really got me going in the, in the world of franchising. What is it you like most about franchising, Scott? Like, what you know, you've been in, in franchising for a while now. So, so what do you like most about it? Yeah, I think that for me, at the end of the day, it's, it's really the rewarding aspect of helping people, uh, maybe you know, who desire to get out of corporate America, be their own boss, uh, have a lifestyle change. Uh, you know, I, I and my team take that very, very seriously. That's a that's a yeah. very awesome responsibility. <laughs> so, right. so you know, I, I love, I enjoy the process to this day, from the very first yeah. call and when my team talks to them about you know, making sure that we give them, I always tell the candidates, you know, our job as a team is to give you all the ammunition you and your spouse need, you know, usually right. your spouse, but not always, um, right. to make the best decision. And if it's our brand, great. If it's not, that's okay. And hopefully I was able to put you in a good uh, position for something else. Right. So, so that's, that, that's what I enjoy about it the most. Um, it really, to this day, is, is still very rewarding. And then, as you know, a lot of those franchisees become your friends. Uh, which yeah. is which is which is fantastic. It's interesting you say this, Scott, because you know when we talk about Massage Heights, I mean it's it's a family brand, and it's almost like you know your franchisees become part of the family to some extent, don't they? A hundred percent. And you know Shane Evans did a, a tremendous job, uh, her and her family, uh, of of getting this brand off the ground back in 2004. And I, I just had the pleasure of being with Shane for a couple of days in Las Vegas at the MUFC mm -hmm. show. And she's, right. she's as passionate as ever. She was in our booth wow. uh, telling the story. And, you know, what they built is just something, to your point, it, it's family-based first. That never has left the brand. And at right. the end of the day, you're exactly, you're exactly right. I mean, you're bringing these people into your family. We had Massage Heights on the show. I mean, it was in the early days, Scott. I mean, I want to go back maybe about 10, <laughs> 11 years ago, you know? So, I mean, and, and, yeah. and the brand has just come so far, you know? I mean, it's, it's wonderful. You know, the, the, the pleasure for me in doing the show is, you know, when I have a franchise, not, not to say Massage Heights was new at the time, but they were a much younger brand. And now it's like, there's such a recognizable brand, you know? I mean, it seems like everyone is familiar with them. Maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, like a brief history of Massage Heights and how they got started. You mentioned they are a family brand, but for our new listeners yes. who might be unfamiliar, maybe you could talk a little bit about them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so San Antonio, Texas based Shane Evans yeah. uh, was actually experiencing as, as an, as a, as an athlete, uh, in, you know, uh, in her, in Years after college, mm -hmm. she kind of had a back injury, and she was really struggling, yeah. not finding the right way. And, and, and she stumbled upon sort of massage uh, therapeutically that, not, you know, um, not only just, you know, uh, the relaxing elements of a massage, which are important, but really 
And I think now the mindset has shifted for most people who in right. this industry get a massage on a regular basis, not only yep. for relaxation, but for, you know, that weekend warrior who tweaks their back right. playing golf, me, me right. included. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we go in monthly and get work done, and, and, and it's great. So, so that's where the genesis of, of it, you know, really began, and it led to her wanting to just say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a, a massage um, experience, and it's called Massage Heights because right. everything around our, our massage and facial, uh, which are the two elements within our retreats, we call them retreats, is really sort of elevated. So it's that heightened experience uh, while you're getting a very affordable massage. And so that was the, the beginning of it. Um, she, she and the team have done a great job. Uh, what I say is super important in terms of training and operations and making sure the franchisees have everything they need. And, and that's second right. to none in the industry. We have some really good, strong competitors, and, and that's a good thing. You know, I think right. that you know, having some good competition and, uh, you know, is validation to the market. And it's also right. just, um, you know, it's great to see. Um, and then so, so that has been in place now since 2000, you know, 2004, we've constantly built. And to your point, we have great brand equity. But what was amazing to me was we're still sort of uh, in our infancy stages or first three innings of a ball game, if you will. Right. And that we right. only have 121 retreats open, Marty, 10 in Canada and about okay. 111 in the U.S., so right. we have every major market available across the country. Wow. And, it, you know, when, when you look at our business model and then you look at multi-unit franchisees looking to play in the space, uh, it, it's a very attractive offer. It is amazing, Scott, you know, how the industry has changed, you know, over the course of time. You know, you mentioned like with the customers. And I imagine, you know, with life being so stressful today too, you know, that, you know, the size, yes. as you mentioned, you know, relaxation, you know, because all of us, you know, are, are working all the time. Who would you say are, you know, the, the customers to Massage Heights? I imagine it's probably changed a little bit over time. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The, the, the customer base has grown, and I think with – with no, uh, uh, you know, with certainty, I mean, we've seen we're going to have a record year this year, okay? So for the brand, we're on pace for a record system-wide revenue. And when you go back and, you know, this pandemic, unfortunately, has caused yeah. a lot of angst, a lot of right. uh, stress. And if right. you look at our 2019 numbers, if, let's, let's throw 2020 out the window just for a second because mm -hmm. that's sure. really not a true apples-to-apples -apples comparison. Right. But of course, Correct. we can talk about there's some actually interesting elements within last year that maybe I can share. But if yeah. you look at 19 to 21, our numbers are they've rebounded extraordinarily well, and they're oh about 10 or 12 percent higher than 2019 wow. uh, month to month. And so we are tracking really well. I think that's a testament not only to the brand and the experience, but it's a testament to people's need to come in and, and get a massage and relieve right. that stress. Um, so that, that is, um, that's something that we've seen now within 2020, the thing about our brand too, is it's, you know, it, it's, it's a membership based recurring revenue model. Right. And this, this stat Marty kind of surprised me. 83% of our members during the pandemic continued to pay. They continued to pay their monthly membership. 11% froze. Yeah. So you know, and I think that's, that that's because they wanted these businesses to survive. They wanted them right. to bounce back for the few months they were closed. They knew that they were going to come use the service the day they opened, and they kept paying their memberships. And so from a franchisee owner perspective, you know, no one was uh, immune to this uh, unfortunate right. pandemic that we're right. still living. But, but they, they weathered the storm a bit better because they actually were still getting 
revenues in the door with the model. It's incredible, Scott. You know, it, it, what it says to me, you know, I mean, when, when you say those numbers, is it, it seems to me, and you know, you know it's better than I do, I, but they, the, the customers to Massage Heights, I, I guess it's safe to say that they're pretty brand loyal customers, aren't they? A hundred percent. That That's a great yeah. point, Marty. Great observation. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things about this brand is because of the heightened experience, because they, you know, kind of like a, when a woman has a hairstylist and they'll follow right. that stylist around, yes. you know, yes. when they find a massage therapist that they like, you know, they're happy and they're going to stay with them. And, and so that's right. we're seeing that play out. How has technology played a role in, in the business, Scott? Again, you know, when, when I had Massage Heights, you know, on a, a decade ago, I'm sure it's a lot different today. You know, there's mobile technology and I'm sure, you know, that, that technology, you know, helped in the pandemic and things like that, you know, as far as, you know, communication and things like that. But how is Massage Heights using technology today? Yeah, I think to your point, I think a couple of key things, um, um, let's see, externally for the consumer, but then internally kind of under the covers for the franchisee. So I'll start uh-huh. first externally. You know, they can come in, they can book now on their phones and it's touchless and all that. You yeah. know, I guess pandemic, pandemic right. Right, has, has kind of made that sort of the norm, the new norm. Yes. Uh, yeah. And people have become very accustomed to that. But in a way, it's, it's very productive and efficient and it helps us understand, hey, you know, John, John's walking in the door in three minutes. Let's you know, let's make sure we check it in and, and all of that. So, so right. in that aspect, uh, it's been really good. Now, look, I mean, we're not a high-tech brand from a consumer perspective mm-hmm. other than the, mm-hmm. check, the check-in and the check-out. I mean, you're there to get, you know, hands-on massage, right? Right. Or facial. Right. Now, for, but from a – I think where we, we, we've seen great strides is – and I was blown away with this because I've been at many brands, as we've kind of allude, alluded to. Right. Um, internally, we have a proprietary operational – system that is just incredible. And so the franchisee can slice and dice and look at every aspect of their business, uh, compare it across the board to other franchisees, what trends are they seeing, what if they pull this lever, what will it do to their business. It's it's a proprietary system that took a few years to build. So, you know, that's, again, that's that longevity of the brand and the vision of the brand. But now that we have this, it's a real kind of ace up our sleeve uh, from an operational perspective. And that's what you're getting, you know, when, when you buy into a franchise system. Scott, as you, you mentioned, you know, Massage Heights worked years, you know, to, to, to create that proprietary operational system. You know, Correct. I mean, it's something that you can't build overnight, you know, yeah, right, uh, especially right. when you're on your own. So it's, it's part of it, isn't it? A hundred percent. And that's why it's so robust is because, you know, as, you, as any growing new emerging brand, when you're starting out, you make stops and starts and, you know, right. mistakes and you, and you course correct and pivot and, you know, so a lot of lessons learned over those 17 years yeah. being in business. So, yeah, right, absolutely. A fun question we like to ask, Scott. You know, and have someone like yourself on, on the show. You know, what's what's been one of the most interesting things that's happened to you since you've been with Massage Heights? I know you, you probably have hundreds of stories. I know COVID's always been a theme. <laughs> you know, when I ask the question, you know, because nobody was expecting that. But you know, does anything else stand out? You know, over the years. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I I've only been at Massage Heights. Uh, since August 1st, so yeah, a little okay. over a month. Uh, now, I've been in the industry a long time, but, you know, when I, right. when I saw Susan come over, I've known Susan a long time, our new CEO. She's just fantastic, great reputation. I had the pleasure yeah. to work with her at Lunchbox Wax Salon a little oh, bit, wow. and we got really kind of, yeah, we really got into the strategy, and I said, boy, right. you know, with Susan coming on board and uh, C.G. Funk, who's, who's sort of a, a guru and so well known in the industry. That was a head turner when yeah, I saw the press a weeks ago. Scott. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was like, I want to be on board with this train. I love this brand. I love the people behind it. 
And, I, and you know, I guess, um, you know, it's just, it, to me, in, in, a, in a short period of time, uh, what, what gives me great pleasure is just every single person out of San Antonio to the FBCs out in the field, the, the business consultants, uh, everybody is just uh, an A-plus person. Uh, and, and very passionate and committed to the brand. And, you know, Marty, when you get, when you get in your 50s and you get up there a little bit, you know, um, yeah. for me anyway, what I care about is working for good people, working for a good yes. team, working for a good yeah. brand. And, and, right. and I, I couldn't be happier with that. Is, is there a difference for you, Scott, in working with a family brand? I haven't had, you know, a lot, you know, out of the 750 shows, you know, we've done up to this point, there hasn't been a lot of family <laughs> right. brands, you know, but, but is, right. is there a difference for you or do you notice a difference in working with a family brand versus, you know, a, a, a non-family brand? Yeah, yeah, that, great question. And, and I, I do, I think, I think and it's not always easy because sometimes, how do I say this, the family brand will um, – stay engaged even though yes, they're yes. moved and that right, can cause right. some hiccups. I would, I would applaud uh, the Evans, uh, you know, Shane and, and, and her family for doing what they've done, taking this brand to where it's at, but, and then yet allowing us, you know, to, to really go in and drive the business. Now, of course, you know, we, we lean on them. We'll go back and, and talk to them, and they, they're very um, in, in, engaged. But, but right. they allow, they, they do indeed allow us to, to kind of to run the ship at this point, which, is, which I take, you know, I know Susan and CG and the team that we inherited, uh, you know, Russell Hoff at Operations, yeah. probably the best I've ever seen. You know, wow. these folks, all of them, um, we appreciate what they've built, and we take that as a great responsibility. And, and the fact that they've kind of uh, turned the reins over, so to speak. Um, so you, you, you feel the elements of the family heritage, for sure. Right. But, right. You, but you also want to carry that torch to, to the next level. So what types of characteristics do you look for or, or, or do you want in, in your, your new franchisee, Scott? I'm sure there's something that, that you look for that you realize that they're going to be a good match for, for, for the brand. What's important to you? Yeah, great, great question. And, you know, I think the most important thing is um, being passionate about getting into the space. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a massage therapist to run right. it. You know, you, you, would, you would hire uh, what's called a retreat director, who that person would be. But you still have to be passionate about the space. You know, I get, I, I get asked the question a lot, well, is this a, an absentee business? Or, yeah. you know, and I would right. say, and, I, and I, I candidly tell people, look, I really don't know any franchise, even though they may say it is, that is truly absentee. (laughs) If it is, you know, right? It's like you only get one shot of your grand opening. You only get one shot of opening up in the community. And so I tell our candidates, you know, honestly, you really need to be engaged in the beginning and then hire a great retreat director. But it's also someone that, um, you know, is is coachable or and mm-hmm. or uh, is is able to follow a system and I and I say that because not you know right. there are a lot of entrepreneurial people that they just that's hard for them they think they can do yes. it better or right. and, and they'll go a little bit off the script and and that's the beauty of franchising is you really don't need to do that if you trust the process trust the system follow the system learn from your colleagues you know why is Johnny doing this so well in Seattle Washington you know what can I glean from him to make my business a little better versus, um, you know, the sort of know-it-all types that think they can do it right. <laughs> on the right. right. So so those, and, and again, and again, that, that's, it, that's, that's okay. If that's your skill set, you know, you're probably right. better in some other business. 
But, you know, we really take take it to heart that, you know, you really need to, you know, and that comes clear through the process, Marty. We have a pretty good, you know, development process. And it's, uh, you know, like even this week we have a discovery day and, um, you know, we it, it's we're awarding a franchise based on uh, uh, us wanting to partner together, and both right. both sides have to feel that it's a great opportunity. So, um, but those are some of the things we look for. You know, obviously, passion, uh, mm-hmm. business acumen, business acumen helps, but yeah. also we have all the tools and training that we can get you there. I think what we can't teach is sort of. Uh, passion, discipline, sure. uh, willing to follow the plan, right? Those right. Kind of things are just sort of sort of table stakes. Yeah. But what about the training, Scott? Has this, I'm sure the training changed maybe a little bit. You know, I mean, well, COVID was happening, but I mean, sure. how does training that typically maybe in the past or in the future? You know, how does that work? Yeah, we have extensive training uh, at, at Massage Heights, and uh, to your point, some of it has gone virtual, and, and yeah. we actually revamped. We have a great learning management system, so the LMS is actually even evolving as we speak. And it's, I, I have to tell you, they, Marty, they put. <laughs> I said when I joined, put me through all the training as if I was a new yeah. franchisee, and I. I and by great. the way, I still haven't gotten through all of it. I'm still taking <laughs> classes on the weekends and at night. It's very oh, thorough, very robust. Yeah, and uh, obviously the, we, we call them camps, so there's camp one, camp two, camp three, and there's different stages. Some are, you know, obviously need to be in person. Uh, a lot now is LMS, but then at the very end, of course, we're actually in their retreats, working with them, um, making sure that, um, you know, that, they, that they're really ready to go when they open their right. doors. And so very robust training, very thorough. It's only going to get better with um, – some of the, the people that we've added recently uh, and, uh, you know, couldn't be happier about that. That's terrific. What is a, a, a typical day like for a Massage Heights franchise? You've got, you mentioned, you know, it's, it's not a, really an absentee ownership, you know, business. So, I mean, if you could paint like a little bit of a picture of, you know, what goes sure. on during the day, that would be great. Yeah, I'll give you an example. We have one in my town. I have the advantage of having uh, one right here in Morristown. I'll be meeting with the owner tomorrow for coffee. I oh, get wow. together with him once a month and, you know, Dave, Dave will be, let's see, you know, he'll get up, he'll, uh, he'll go in and check in, uh, you know, like, you know, like anything else, one day last month, the AC wasn't working in the building, yeah. and he spent, right. he spent two hours trying to get that right. fixed from the landlord. You know, sometimes those things happen, right? Sure, But, you know, <laughs> it's not always the sexy yeah. stuff, but the right, owner right, right. was there making sure <laughs> that, you know, the, that he was there to fix that, and they, and they did. And Starbucks is another tenant there, right? So, Obviously, there was a lot of pull and weight and that done. Yeah, but, but, you know, great. they come in, they check on the business, they rely on their retreat director. Um, they're, they're managing the numbers. You know, they can, they can do it right. from, uh, you know, uh, remotely and look at, look at mm-hmm. the numbers. If there's something that's not right, uh, Dave's close enough in this example I'm, I'm portraying where he could get in the car and be there in 10 minutes and go check in uh, and, and, and fix anything that needs to be fixed. Uh, but mostly he's there, you know, the owners are there uh, to, to check in on their staff, keep their staff very help, uh, happy, uh, right. and, 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 and keep their books full. You know, they're always out there doing grassroots marketing. You know, in, in town I live in, um, there's a lot, there's an athleta next door. There's uh, all kinds of things. It's, it, it's, you know, it's kind of uh, a, a retail-type town. Mm-hmm. With a, right. with a green and, you know, and so you, yeah. you're out there shaking hands. You're out there promoting the new Clean Juice franchise that's across the street. Hey, you know, uh, Orange Theory, it's the same customer that goes to Orange Theory right. or Yoga. That's their juice is right. getting the such height. So, so the owner is out there 
really just being part of the fabric of the community, driving the community, you know, being an ambassador of the brand and saying, hey, look, folks, here in Morristown, we've got this great service, this great elevated uh, experience for you to come in and get relaxed. And, and that's really the main job of the franchise owner. And then right. the underpinnings of that are relying upon your retreat director and the great massage therapist to actually <laughs> do the work to make sure right. that the customer's happy and comes back. And I have someone on, on the show like yourself, Scott. I mean, I have to ask, you know, because, we, again, we've been doing the show 14 years, and, and one of the things we learned is that wow. you know, a lot of the people that listen to our show, they, they know they want to get involved in franchising, but a lot of times they don't know where to begin because you, when I got involved in it, I think it was like around 1999, I think they said something like there was like 1,200 concepts. And I think today, like, I see numbers are like 3,000 different systems or 3,500 systems. Uh, you know, I know, from, I know. Yeah, from every, yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, from, from everything you've learned up to this point, what, what advice would you give to someone who is just kind of like <clears throat> starting their franchise search? Where do, where do they begin? Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, a good place to begin is to really sit down, think about, first of all, what segment you might be gravitating towards, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, some, right. Might want, some might have a passion for fitness, and they want to go into yes. fitness or health or wellness. Right. You know, we're sort of in that, we're in that health, wellness, self-care yeah. category, right? And right. think about, A, what you might gravitate towards. B, what does that macro market look like? You know, right. we're, in a, we're in a $17 billion market here, right? So what does that wow. market look like? Is it big yeah. enough to fulfill my passions and my needs and wants? And is it aligned with what you want to build in a community? You know, uh, right. you know look, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about self-care. I'm passionate about the healing powers of it, the relaxation powers of it. I want to bring that to my community. Um, I would enjoy my, my sense of running a, a small business with great unit economics, you know, which, you know, obviously at the end of the day, you know, you want to do it also to um, feed your family and, and be well off. So does the back of the napkin math work, as I like to call it, you know, right, the unit right. economics work? Yeah. And, it, and, 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 you know, yeah. And then so if, if you check the boxes on those, then you can start getting a little more granular into, okay, well, right. who are the players in that space? Who might I look at? And quite frankly, you might have two that are neck and neck, but one has no availability, right? Like, right. you know, uh, right. one, of the, right. one of the advantages to us is, you know, you know and, and, uh, is, is just the availability to open right. two or three That's in a market true. or five in a market or even one. So, you know, that, that then becomes, you know, how reasonable is it? How, how uh, you know, right. can I open one in my town? You know, does it make sense? Right. And, then, and then really getting involved, I would say, you know, reaching out to the brand and getting, fill out a really quick short order form, take three minutes, then get in the queue, get in the process, talk to the people, uh, and, and talk to several people, you know, talk to two, right. three, four, uh, you know, until you really feel like this is the right home for me. That would be my recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think that's great advice, Scott. So, it, it, if you could look into the future, Scott, so like if we had a crystal ball, you know, three years, five years <laughs> yeah, down the road. You yeah. mentioned, you know, there's, there's a lot of open territory, isn't there, for, yes. for massage heights? I mean, where where do you see the company maybe three years, five years down the road? Yeah, yeah, we well, yeah, exactly. We see we, we're going to be doubling, you know, in three years if we don't have double the units, you know, I'd be I'd be surprised. So we're really yeah. going. Uh, into maybe, you know, getting into the 250 range over the next, I'd say, you know, two and a half to three years. Um, we, we're going to continue to go international, uh, I think, because we're, A, already there, albeit in Canada. It's a great, it's a great international market to start. Right, right. But with our international experience, we think we could, we could really get into other international markets. And very strategically, you know, a lot of times, um, 
you know, one thing that we, we, we don't do in our model, Mar- Marty, is sometimes yeah. people sell area developer agreements and they say, right. oh, I sold someone 20 right. units. It, 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 that, that can and cannot work. Um, that's probably yeah. for another day. But, but what yeah. I'll say is we love, because of the turf we have, we do it very strategically. We look for people that want to open three or five over time. That way they can kind of own a market themselves. And yeah. we'll do very, very sort of uh, strategic and taste growth uh, in various markets, both here in the U.S. and then internationally as well. So double, I'd say double. You know, we, wow. we think this brand easily can get to, you know, five, 600 units over the next five to seven years. I mean, I guess in terms of franchising, I mean, you, you know, you guys are there, Scott. You know, as, as I said, I got to become familiar with the brand a long time ago, you know, and, and now sure. I, I've always understood, they said like the number is like, they always had the magic number for some reason, like over that 100 mark for some reason, which you guys yes. are over that mark, you know, so I mean, it, it, it's fantastic to, to, to see where you are today, you know, compared to, to a decade ago. So, I mean, it sounds like you are there, but right, and now that you have this, this established brand or even the brand is more powerful, um, I don't want to say it's going to yeah. be easier, right, but it, it, it's, I, I think it puts you in a better position though, doesn't it? Yeah, Mark, great, great insight. And I think that's what candidates, some, some sophisticated and savvy candidates, which most of ours are, uh, yeah. when, they, when they explore this, they, they get it. They know that, look, we, we're at that 120 threshold. We've we, we right. the chasm. We're not a young infant brand, but, right. but yet, but yet we, we have so much growth to go. Um, so all the other elements are there, the training, the operations, the support, then, you know, the, the, and they're done that, the lessons learned, you know, 14 years in this business, and yet yeah. now, gosh, you know, you can really build, you know, where do I want to go? And I, I, every day we're having conversations with, okay, you know, where, how many do you want in Atlanta? Uh, how many do you want in Memphis? Uh, right. You know, let's finish Vegas and do three here. And, and so, you know, they really can come in, these candidates, and have the luxury of, I would say the only exception to that is Houston, because obviously okay. we're San Antonio-based. Right. Houston That's is true. almost right. sold out, uh, but wow. we're doing one. Yeah, but, but other than that, um, you know, you have the luxury of really coming into a well-established brand um, with a, a great opportunity to, to take down a market or two. So, so that's really um, what we're excited about. That's terrific. What, what's the best way, Scott, for um, our listeners to get more information on Massage Of course, there's the franchise opportunity, but maybe even the service itself. Are there any, like, websites you want to kind of, like, direct our, our listeners to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would say just certainly if you just go out to massageheights.com, uh, you'll be able to go okay. out and find your local retreat. Um, but then from a franchising perspective, massage heights, okay. excuse me, massageheightsfranchise.com, massageheightsfranchise.com. Okay. And you would just fill out a couple of fields and then uh, you'll get on my team to help you with that process. That's fantastic. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you today, Scott. I'd like to, you know, invite you back over maybe the next year or two. I don't want to wait 10 years again to have you back. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we, yeah, I'll come back and uh, who knows, maybe I'll take the ride over the river and we'll do it in, in the studio. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. It was, it was great talking to you today, Scott. And we'll be right back with more. And as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today because we're meeting with Todd Left, the CEO and president of the Hand and Stone Franchise Opportunity. And Hand and Stone provides quality therapeutic client-focused massage for your wellness. Hey, Todd, how you doing today? Welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, Todd. Todd, we always like to ask our guests where you're calling from this morning. I'm calling from Hamilton, New Jersey, which is, is actually just outside of Philadelphia. 
Yeah, no Hamilton. Well, my wife is from New Jersey. I spent most of my life in New Jersey, and uh, it was funny, Taco. We just found out this morning. I guess you guys are, are no stranger to Pennsylvania. We're actually located in Eastern Pennsylvania, and okay. uh, I think you guys have some franchises out here too, don't we, you? We we just actually within the past uh, two weeks opened uh, in Easton, and then. Uh, Today, we're opening, actually, in Center Valley, Pennsylvania, which is just uh, oh below. What a small world. It really is it's funny, you know, because here we are in Easton, and my sister lives in Center Valley as well. So I think we're going to be uh, clients to uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so My wife was excited, you know, that you guys were going to be on the show this morning. You have, you have an amazing background. I mean, I, I, I guess it would be okay to call you a veteran in, in franchising, aren't you? Yeah, I don't take offense to that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Not to age you. That's, that's right. I'm happy to have a good background in in, uh, in franchising. Yeah, um, what is it you like about franchising, Todd? I mean, how did you get into it? Well, I I, I I'm an attorney by by trade, and uh, mm-hmm. actually was a, a federal prosecutor before I got into franchising. Wow, and, interesting background. Yeah, and uh, Cotman Transmission at the time was a small uh, regional franchise was looking mm-hmm. for a, an in-house attorney, and and I came on as their general counsel and. Later became a, a principal in the company and president of the company, and then, then ultimately also president of Amco Transmissions, who we who we acquired in in 2006. Right, so, right. So I had a long history with those uh, with those two organizations as president and a principal, and um, I was very fortunate to do what most people aspire to do, which is I sold almost all of my interest in those companies, and I mm-hmm. retired when I was 50 years old. Um, and um, and played a lot of golf for for about ninety days. And, and uh, <laughs> then, then my wife said, "You you better find something else to do because I don't like you being home by one o'clock every day." Sounds like a typical story, doesn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. It, it always looks better from the the other side, I think. And uh, oh, you know, that's we, funny. everybody aspires to retire young, but it's it's. Uh, of course, you, you have to stay challenged mentally and, yeah. and uh, you know intellectually in business. So, uh, and that's how I I came to Hand and Stone. Actually, I was doing probably what a lot of your um, you know listeners do is um, mm-hmm. you know what was the be- next business opportunity I was going to buy and, right. and grow. And um, I came across uh, Hand and Stone, which was a small you know franchise organization at the time that had about twenty five units and. Mm-hmm. Didn't have much franchising experience on the management team, and um, you know they were looking for an investor and somebody to come lead the organization. So it was a it was a it was a good marriage. Well, the company was um, started by I guess it was a John Marco, and I guess he was described as a, like a visionary. Could you talk a little bit about the history of, of the company? Sure. John John's actually a physical therapist and um, uh, had been for twenty plus years, and you know saw that massage was you know becoming uh, more used by the traditional medical community and, and, and in the physical therapy field and you know thought wow you know to be able to bring this to kind of middle market consumers and to everyday people because you know massage prior to that had been really more for the rich and famous and right um, and so he he developed a, a single unit in uh, Tom's River New Jersey and okay. um, he opened that in about 2005 and was very successful and and you know consumers you know really really took to the concept and in about 2000 late 2006 he he started um franchising um the concept and you know had didn't have any franchise experience he was a physical therapist uh-huh. and, you know so uh-huh. they 
they did, you know, kind of got off the ground and got running, but but realized, you know, if he wanted to to see it grow, um, right, he had to bring on some more experienced people. And John has uh, has stayed on, so he's the COO of our organization, and and uh, I came in as the president and CEO. Wow. So how do you describe the, the Hannah franchise system to someone? I mean, if you guys were at a franchise show, Todd, and someone came up to your booth and said, oh, what do you guys do? Where do you right. go from there? That, that's, that's a great question. I mean, because it's a new it's a new concept in, in yeah. this industry. Um, and how we, I describe it is we are, you know, delivering massage, facials, and waxing services, so day spa services, to the middle right. market consumer at a price that's you know 35% less than what was traditionally paid and with with hours and locations that are much more convenient to consumers um, and then the big hook is is actually that we are a membership based concept for you know roughly 50% of our revenue and so we have members to our spas who pay a reduced amount and commit to getting a service each month well one of the things we tell our listeners on the show frequently over the last five years is, is, is to look at the industry. And it's amazing how this industry, you know, if you look at it uh, on a chart or a graph, I mean, how it, it, it keeps growing. Could you talk a little bit about the industry? Sure. The numbers? I mean, we're, we're actually, in, in, if you think about it, when I came here in 2009, one of my first big initiatives was to really launch us into the skincare and facials uh, business as well. So we're really in two businesses, which is, Massage and uh-huh. skin care and and, uh, and and facials. The the massage industry has grown to now you know over twelve billion dollars in annual sales, and, and they estimate I think last year that twenty two percent of the the U S population got a massage, which is which is an amazing adoption you know widespread adoption by consumers. Yeah. And the facials industry is actually even bigger. Um, that's actually an $18 billion industry, skincare, you know, total. So, you know, we're operating in two huge, you know, uh, industries, both of which have seen, you know, tremendous growth over the last uh, few years. And, you know, partly due, again, to the aging population. Uh, right. They say that, you know, the use among baby boomers has actually doubled of massage in the last 10 years. And, you know, you go out and, and play golf on the weekend, or or do run, and, and yeah. Monday morning you're ready. You're ready to go and get a massage, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we saw that other. We saw another statistic we referenced on this show last week when we were promoting you guys. It said 85% of consumers believe massage is beneficial to health and wellness. So, yeah. I and mean, that that really is amazing when you see you know the changes that are taking place here you know, in the United States, and I guess even probably in other countries, which we could always talk about later. Um, how has technology played a role um, in this business, Todd? It, it's so interesting because you would think it's a, listen, it's a very exactly. hand, hands-on business. How can right. technology improve this business? <laughs> but, um, you know, technology has really played a, a role in kind of three key areas of our business. One is customer acquisition. Um, and that's through, you know, we're we're very uh, big users of sites like Living Social and Groupon. We do tremendous with with them in our in our offerings, um, and using um, you know low cost targeted um, technology devices like Constant Contact and other marketing right. devices, which you know in the past we had to paint with such a broad stroke, and now you know technology has allowed us to to target. 
And then in the customer service area, we're we are the first actually in this industry to do to use a uh, one of the the outside web-based third-party uh, consumer mm-hmm. feedback. So we use Questar, and basically consumers are giving direct feedback on their services, and our franchisees can go in each night and view on a dashboard where they rank in each wow. service category, what the consumer had to say about the service, how they could adjust it. Uh, it's proving to be a great, great feedback tool. So, you know, even though massage is thousands of year old service and it's hands on, right. you know, the technology around the business has has really helped us improve. Yeah, it's really it's a great way, I think, for, you know, your franchisees to keep score, as you were saying, you know, and, and, and know how they're doing. So one of the questions we like to we like to stump our uh, guest every so often is, what's been the most interesting thing that's happened to you, Todd, since uh, joining Hand in Stone? You know, it, it's hard to point out a, a you know, one, <laughs> one interesting thing. Yeah, of thing. course. I'm just always, you know, and this is the, the thrill that I get in business is seeing businesses grow and I remember the first day I came to Handstone I got the whole staff together all five of us and said you know you're sitting at a unique point in time in this company because there will never be just five of us sitting around this table and so now we had our staff meeting you know around Christmas and now I have we have 15 you know staff members now you know sitting around the table you know, we went from 25 spas and a very small little organization to now we have over 70 locations open and, you know, another 30 in development. So I just, you know, to me the most interesting is to watch the evolution of, you know, small business become, a, you know, a mid-sized business and then, you know, hopefully later, a, you know, a larger franchise. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, it really is something special when you can be part of something like that, when it's so small and you get yep. to see it grow over time and say, I was there in the beginning, you know, when it's all right. happened. It really is something special. So what kind of characteristics do you look for in your franchisees then, Todd? You, you know, I've been doing franchising for 20-plus for years, yeah. and I'd say it's so interesting to me is that the same characteristics that made a you know successful automotive aftermarket owner who might make a successful you know uh, fast food and and same with us i mean it's wow. uh, from our perspective and and what i always see in franchising is this people who are outgoing who can manage people who have a sales orientation um, uh-huh. who have attention to detail and you know, importantly too, who can manage you know the financial picture of a of a unit. That's what I'm I'm looking for. So if you've had, and rarely do we ever find anybody who had spire spa industry or massage. Right. You know, our people are coming out of other businesses. So small other you know franchisees of other systems, great candidates for us. And we we've had a number. Wow. We've had McDonald's franchisees. We have a a very large Aaron's uh, franchisee. Uh, you wow. know, so we, we've had a number of other systems where people have, you know, either bought this plus their other system or left the other system and, and came to us. Um, wow. So we, we find, you know, it's it's the same skill set, you know, across different platforms of franchising. Yeah, it sounds like people who <clears throat> appreciate, I guess, the concept of franchising and not reinventing the wheel and following the system and all those other things, I guess, that, that make them successful franchisees. So once someone decides that you say, you know, I, I, I want to be part of this whole thing, what's the training like for your new franchisees? 
we're we're really hands on and very extensive with the training and this is something I found again in my prior, you know, franchise experiences. You really have to lead, you know, through that opening process. So our training process is um franchisee first starts with uh, three days in the spa learning, you know, the computer system, seeing hands on and that's kind of the overview. They then come to the home office for a week of classroom training um, that they do here in Hamilton, New Jersey. We then come out when they're ready to open, and we train two days for their spa associates. We train their massage therapist for two days. And then we actually put somebody in the spa for the first five days of their operation to actually operate the spa with them. So... You know, they're getting a lot of hand-holding, a lot of training, and we recognize we're taking people who had no experience in this industry and, and right. want to make them, you know, spa owners. We, we really have to, you know, take them through a very comprehensive uh, training process. Wow. So what's a typical day like for a hand and stone franchisee if there is such a thing? Yeah. You know, in franchising, I'm not sure there's ever, and yeah. that's probably that's what a lot of people love about franchising is you're never yes. doing the same thing twice on the same day. But uh, you know, where I see our successful owners spending their time, one, you know, in the beginning, it's a lot of attention to the customer experience at the spa level. So our franchisees don't work the retail, you know, counter. They hire managers or spa associates, but. You know, they are constantly training those folks, you know, overseeing the process. There's a lot of, uh, you know, HR and scheduling work in this because, you know, uh, more than 50% of your business actually comes same day. So people book the same day. So you're constantly, you know, making sure you have the right staff coverage. And then, uh, you know, once the spa is up and, and initially set up, maybe after the first 30 days, you know, our successful owners are really out there networking in the community. Right. Um, every health and wellness business has to know who you are and what you do in a five-mile radius. Uh, every gym, you know, fitness club we want to have a relationship with, uh, bridal shops, restaurants, you know. And so a lot of our franchisees are, you know, spending significant time out there, you know, really marketing the business. And that's, that's where they can add value, um, you know, to growing the business. So you've been doing this such a long time. One of the questions I was excited to ask you is, is what advice would you give to our listeners on buying a franchise, Todd? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and I, I, I'll, I, I will give you my three questions that I tell every <laughs> new prospect. These are okay. the three questions you should answer in looking at any franchise. One is, do you believe in the long-term growth of the industry because yeah. it's very hard in an industry that's flat or declining to claw away market share from other established competitors. So I, me personally, I was looking for an industry that had long-term growth potential. Number two, do you believe in the underlying business model of that franchise? Because you could have a great industry right. and, and have a business model that doesn't work. So you, you have to get into the you know, building a pro forma, looking at what the potential revenue is and what that would produce. And then the third question I, I tell people to ask is, you know, can you see yourself fitting culturally with the organization, whether that's the management team that you'll be working with at the franchise, the people you'd be working with in the business, and the other franchisees in the system? 
do you see yourself being able to get along and work with those groups and, and have confidence that these people can, can lead a brand forward? So I think if you can answer all three of those questions yes, then, then you really have something that you ought to, you ought to investigate carefully and proceed with. Wow, that's well said. We're going to have to, we have um, what's called the great quotes in franchising. I think we're going to have to put that in there. I, I think that's, that's fantastic advice. So what are the plans for the future then, Todd? I mean, you know, where do you guys see yourself maybe, you know, five years down the road? Right. You know, our, we're, we take a very, you know, targeted um, approach to growth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, our goal is to really open, you know, 40 to 50 new locations a year, uh, last year we opened 28 new locations. I think wow. we'll, you know, for 2012 we're gonna we're we're budgeting about 40 new locations, and you know we really our whole focus in my experience in franchising is you gain strength from clustering your growth, and mm-hmm. so you know we're kind of targeting certain markets to grow in. That's why you're seeing you know growth up in the Eastern area because the Delaware and Lehigh Valley are one of our targeted right. our markets. Um, you know, and as well as New Jersey and some others. So, you know, I see us, you know, basically opening, you know, 40 to 50 new locations a year over the next, you know, four or five years and scaling our team up, bringing, you know, more, you know, professional management in and, and building a strong, strong network of franchisees. Wow. The locations that you have here, I'm, I'm familiar with in, in Pennsylvania, Todd. I mean, they're hot locations. I mean, they're they're really very strong locations. But what do you guys look for? I mean, uh, as far as location goes, that's that's a great question. I'm glad you noticed that <laughs> um, because it's really very very significant part of our strategy. You know, yeah. our strategy is to locate our spas in you know power regional centers that have yeah. daily use anchors. So yeah. we like you know, grocery anchored centers. Uh, one of the things we found is that our customer and the people who shop at Target are very similar, so we like being near Target, you know, stores. Um, and, um, you know, we we like being near where people sleep. So that's people get this service near where their homes are, and so we look for highly, you know, concentrated, you know, bedroom communities. And um, and it was a it was a, a a clear part of our strategy to to go into these power regional centers, and it's right. really worked out well for us. That's fantastic. What's the best way for our listeners to get <clears throat> more information on becoming a, a franchisee? Todd, any websites they can go to? Any numbers they can call? Sure, sure. Um, you know, handandstone dot com or handandstonefranchise dot com are really the uh, the best places to get information. There's an informational video and. We'd love to talk to your listeners about opening their own hand in stone. That's fantastic. And I want to thank you again, Todd. You've been a fantastic guest, and uh, we'd love to have you back at the end of the year as you guys continue to grow. Well, thanks. We appreciate the opportunity, and we'd be, love to give you an update as we, we round out 2012. Thanks so much, Todd. You have a great day today. You too. Take care. Thanks. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Day Spa Franchise. And the Woodhouse Day Spa is an upscale chain of day spas offering more than 40 different treatments that encompass skin and body care, hand and foot care, massage therapy, special treatments, and more. Hey, Jenny, how you doing today? Welcome to the show. Hi, Jenny, how you doing today? Hi. Doing great, Marty. Good morning. Oh, that's terrific, Jenny. You always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Jenny? I'm calling from Victoria, Texas. Oh, nice. How's the weather there today? Oh, it's great. It's it's 75 degrees, nice December weather for us here. Yeah, this is a good time of year to be in Texas, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It's, you have a great story, Jenny. I have um, I, I, a faculty advisor for this group called the uh, Kaplan University Collegiate Entrepreneurs, and I work with a lot of like younger entrepreneurs, like you know, eighteen to twenty-five years old. And a lot of times, you know, they, they always think they're too young to actually get into entrepreneurship. And you know, when I was reading your story, I mean, <laughs> you were almost destined to be an entrepreneur, weren't you? I thought you had a great story. Maybe you could tell a little bit about, you know, what were you doing before um, starting? and founding the Woodhouse Day Spa? Sure. I, I did start young. I started the Woodhouse when I was 21, yeah. and so we're, we're, in, and we're in our 11th year now. So, um, But before that, you know, I did have a, a lot of experience. I started my my work career young, but um, I, I was in the healthcare industry, and I worked yeah. for a group of ambulatory surgery centers. And what was interesting is they had a chain of um, surgery centers that was about uh, about 20 um, 20 surgery centers around the country, mm-hmm. and I was able to do um, cost accounting for those surgery centers and develop a program and travel to the different centers and, and implement right. this new cost accounting. So, so I was able to see um, what it was like to see a, a chain that was um, had duplicated systems, mm. and 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 you know, so that that experience led me to you know. Um, my uh, franchise, right, right. <laughs> implement my, tra- uh, you know, my, fr- my uh, franchise uh, systems with Woodhouse. So it was That's a it was fair. a great experience, and and to see, um, you know, see the systems and and the the, mm-hmm. the way that they had set up the the ambulatory surgery centers all uh, similar with um, decor with um, the the way that the, everything was uh, very similar. So. Yeah, it was like this. When I was reading your story, Jenny, it was like, you know, you, I guess you had this appreciation for franchising and systems, you know, like this, like, you know, you had that epiphany or, you know, whatever it may be, to, that probably led to, you know, where you are today. And, you know, I, it was interesting. We always ask our guests, you know, how the name came about. And I thought it was, it was an interesting story, too, how, how you actually came up with the name um, for Woodhouse Baseball. Maybe you want to tell that for just a moment. Sure. You know, my husband and I, we, I have always loved spas for one, yeah. and I, I guess that it kind of leads into, and so when we decided to open a wood house, we decided on Friday, and we bought the house on Monday, and so we, you know, uh, we were very quick in, in deciding to do this, and, and the, the house that we bought was a historical landmark, and I have to give credit to my husband, but he, we, we decided to keep the original name of the wood house. Okay. It's the Woodhouse House, and so it's um, it, it is a historical landmark where our first location is located, and so that's where the name came from. Yeah, and I think that adds to the character of the whole franchise too. You know, I, I was mm-hmm. find like there's like interesting stories, you know, how like you know the franchise started and you know coming up with the name and things like that. So I, I really thought it sure. added to you know the character of the franchise as well. When you're at, if you were at a franchise show, Jenny, I, earlier in the year I, I took my wife to her first franchise show after 10 years, and you know she was surprised at all the people that were there this year. It was at the Jacob Javits Center, but you know it's funny mm-hmm. when people come up to your, your your booth, and you know it seems like the typical question is. Uh, you know, so what do you do? How, do? how would you typically answer that question if someone came up to your booth and said, so what do you guys do? We're an upscale spa um, franchise, and the way I explain that is we're, we're very different from other um, other franchises that are out there. We're more, more of a boutique franchise. And the things that separate us um, from other franchise systems are, you know, the, the Woodhouse has a, a very um, family-oriented culture. We're... Um, 
if you if you go to our, our we've recently had what we call our family reunion. It's our franchise convention. Our, our culture is deep in, in family. Um, just that you can just feel it when you're there. Yeah. Um, and so um, that really separates us from the other franchise systems. Um, but on the other side, our, we have a very, um, very systematic approach to our business model. Um, the other thing, we have a lot of technology within our system that um, for the size of our system is, is very impressive. We have our Woodhouse Village that we communicate. We built um, several years ago, and it has grown mm-hmm. to a very impressive um, communication system um, where our franchisees at any time of the day or night can log in and um, have access to all of the manuals, all of the reports, anything. It's, it's like the home office in their office. Um, and the Woodhouse University is linked there. And the Woodhouse University is a new um, system that the franchisees can log on to and get training, and I can talk a little bit about that when we talk about training. But there's a lot of technology within our model that um, we would explain when someone walked up. And, um, and so, you know, the, we um, – we are a luxury franchise, and I think that is, is something that really sets us apart. Um, when you walk into a Woodhouse, people don't realize it's a franchise. We, our spas are not cookie cutter. They are um, designed to be, um, to, um, they, they feel like a Woodhouse. They, um, you know, we, we just, um, the, the scent is all the same, so um, the colors, the furniture is all the same, but we do have um, this local flair. So in Austin, you'll have the Austin Rock. In New Orleans, you'll have a little New Orleans flair. So so people don't realize that it's a franchise, and I think the, the society likes that because they don't want people right. tired of the cutter chains. And so that's why Woodhouse is doing so well now. And, um, and our growth, we're up 20% same-store sales this year, and, um, and wow. it's, it's pretty incredible. So It is amazing, you know, the, when you see the growth. I, I mean, oh, the, this, this industry has certainly, you know, and, and I've been following it, you know, for, for some time now. Um, are there numbers on the industry, Jenny, as far as it, – it's a pretty big industry, isn't it? It's a $13 billion industry. $13 billion, and, um, yeah, I thought. Yeah. It's just pretty yeah, significant. And, it is, and um, the, you know the thing that we track is you know we outperform the industry in, in every benchmark that's out there, and um, and each year we we provide our franchisees with a 60-page benchmark study, and it it tracks all the different um, performance indicators, and and we track um, these benchmarks against the industry and against um, spas um, within the Woodhouse family, and so. Um, we can uh, provide that, but, but what's interesting is in, in every category um, within the system, we, we're outperforming the industry, and I think that's um, because of the business model and the, what we call the Woodhouse way, um, and, and that leads to my next point is we look for franchisees that are not necessarily in the industry. We, all of our franchisees, none of our franchisees have spa experience. Um, wow. They are business people. They are from corporate America. They're lawyers. They're uh, computer scientists. They're wow. uh, people who, um, because we don't we don't look for people within the industry so that we don't have to untrain them, uh, because 
Woodhouse has a very unique way of, of um, approaching the industry. When we, when we got into the industry, it was it's a very fragmented industry. And um, what's interesting, it's um, 95% of the spas and salons within the industry are operated by um, massage therapists or estheticians right. who wow. work in their business rather than on their business. And you know what happens when 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 you're working in your business, not on your business. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it seems like, you know, I mean, there's there's so many different industries out there franchising today, Jenny. I mean, I think we're up to like about, it depends what source you're looking at, 75 to 80 industries, you know. And th- this has always seemed to be, um, I hate, well, I use the word fun industry or an industry that I think at least you can put a smile on your customers' faces, you know, at the end of the day. It's not like a transmission franchise where you're, you know, charging someone $3,000, you know, and, you know, the customers are, like, so upset, you know. I mean, this is really, I, I guess we could probably call it, and, you know, you could say better than that, like a feel-good type of franchise, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not twisting people's arms to um, to sell the franchises. I can I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's it's a great industry, um, and it's it's a really fun franchise to own, and um, and it's you know and it's 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 not only fun, but it's at the end of the day we're making a difference in the guests' lives, and that's the bottom line, and that's why our franchisees are such happy owners because we're giving back, we're able to make a difference in the community, a difference in the guests' lives. Uh, what is a typical day like as as a franchisee for the Woodhouse Day Spa, Jenny? I mean, from I guess like maybe like the moments you go into the spa till the end of the day, and like everything else in between. What happens during that day? Well, right now in December they're pretty busy. They're hopping around. <laughs> Lots yeah. of marketing. Our our marketing system, our marketing program is very very aggressive. So I would say probably thirty forty percent of their effort is. Um, on marketing, and that's a lot of um, social media, a lot of, um, but also a lot of community grassroots program. So um, most of their time during the day is going to be working on their marketing program, marketing planning, uh, communicating with the home office because we provide all of their graphics, we provide all of their um, support materials for that. So they're going to be working with us, requesting materials. They're going to be sitting in on webinars that we provide on a weekly basis, sitting in on franchise family phone calls, getting uh, information on that. They're going to be working with their general manager on the schedules. They're going to be looking at a high level because we we want them to be working on their business, not in their business. So at a certain point, they're going to have a general manager on staff that is um, handling the day-to-day. So um, they're going to be planning. They're going to be um, working in the community. They're going to be planning events. Um, so it's, it's a high level. Um, they're going to be interviewing new employees. Um, so it's, it's, it, is a, it is a busy position, but it is um, more of a high level position, planning, a lot of um, planning, meeting, um, and their staff is usually between, depending on the size of the spa, anywhere between 20 um, and 50 employees. So, the full day. Awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> That's fantastic. You, you mentioned about the, their backgrounds and, and what a lot of the franchisees were doing in their in their previous um, life journey. Are there any like particular traits that you you know as the founder of the company you look for in your franchisees that you think would make good franchisees for the Woodhouse Day Spa? Uh, the best franchisees in our system have uh, good sales backgrounds. 
mm-hmm. um, sales, marketing, good communication skills. Uh, they're team players. They're going to be good at working with their staff. Um, and, you know, the, we look for people who are going to be Woodhouse ambassadors. So when they come to our discovery day, that's the traits that we look for. And unfortunately, we do have to turn down people sometimes when they don't have those traits, and we've recently had to do that. Um, but that's, you know, we have to be disciplined to do that in order to, you know, allow our brand to grow the way that we want to. And, and we have been disciplined. You know, the first 10 years of Woodhouse has all been focused on building our system, building our support and our foundation. Um, we didn't go out the first 10 years and outsource our development, grow fast. Um, we were very um, methodical about um, and disciplined about making sure we had the foundation in place to support our franchise system. The second decade of Woodhouse is about growth, about brand awareness, and while still maintaining the incredible support system that we have in place. Um, So we have outsourced our development now, and we do have plans to grow at a more rapid pace um, because we do have the support systems and foundation in place. Hmm. Once you decide that, you know, they are a match, Jenny, you know, they like you, you like them, um, what happens from that point? Um, you know, they, they want to become part of the franchise system. Um, I, I assume that there, there's like a training where they come out to, is it headquarters, and, you know, mm-hmm. how does that all work? So once they've signed the franchise agreement, they'll come to a uh, week-and-a-half training at the headquarters at the home mm-hmm. office in Victoria, and they'll do also an internship here in Victoria. Um, at the company store here. We have two locations in Victoria. And um, once they finish that, they go through the the build-out process of their spa, and then our team goes on site and finishes the training with them and trains their staff um, in the Woodhouse way on all of the protocols. And then our startup team goes on site and helps them open the spa. Hmm. What what kind of location... um works best for a Woodhouse Day Spa, and, and, and how much space, I guess, is required to open one? Between 4,500 and 7,000 mm-hmm. square feet is what we look for, and we're typically going into lifestyle centers, outdoor mm-hmm. um, outdoor malls, um, or freestanding um, mm-hmm. spaces, so we're, we're open mm-hmm. to different, um, we're even in, in hotels now. Um, so and 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 most recently a casino <laughs> space. Wow, so we are uh, yeah we're expanding in, in different um, in, in a lot of different areas. So I can't say we're we're stuck on one type one of, of property. We're in our, our our number one locations in a, in a historical landmark in Denver. So um, it, you know it wow. depends, but but most of our locations now are going into lifestyle centers because that, that's you know the most popular type of. of um, space that's being built. So, um, but you know, we're we're not um, we're not uh, just focused on lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You've also had, I mean, a, a, some some great accolades over the years too. You know, when, when I was reading about um, the franchise, um, I think it was it was a Day Spa magazine. I, I think they mm-hmm. named you was it the best like Day Spa in America or something like that. Yeah, it was were, it, it, was, it yeah. was a pretty nice accolade, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a great. Um, Great year. We were uh, voted best spa chain in America, and then we've been awarded the Franchise Satisfaction Award for now for about six years. Yeah. Uh, and that, to me, that's my favorite because, um, yeah. you know, my 
happy franchisees are is is my number one priority and to be voted um you know top in the franchise satisfaction award is you know to me that's my number one priority so that award stands out um each oh, year when we receive that being that you're you're entrepreneurial, I say it started back. I think I remember like around 14 years old. You've been involved in entrepreneurship for a while. It almost seems like you were born an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. But you know, with a lot of our, our listeners, Jenny, they're, we call them aspiring for entrepreneurs. They have this idea that you know they want to get into franchising. Mm-hmm. It seems like so many of them are overwhelmed because there's just so much out there today. And I think a lot yeah. of them just they don't know where to begin. What, what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them? Because you've been doing this for a while now. Sure. I, I would tell them to talk to the franchisees in the system, talk to as many franchisees in the system as you can, um, see if you can uh, work a day in the life of a, of a franchisee, see if they'll let you come in and, and uh, visit with them. Um, I think that's, you know, the more that you can uh, talk to, the better. Um, and and do, do your research. Do as much research as you can on the industry itself. Um, see if it's going to be something that you love. Um, you have to love what you do. And, you know, yeah. that's that's the biggest thing, in my opinion. Um, you know, this is going to be um, hopefully what you do for the rest of your life. So, you know, make sure it's something that you love. Um, the industry itself and, um, you know, the, the day-to-day work. Um, so I think before you start getting on online and, Googling different franchises, just sit down and, and decide what it is that you love to do and, and then start doing your research. Mm, that's very good advice. What, what are the plans for the future then? Being that, that, that you're the founder and the CEO of the company, I can ask you, I mean, where do you see um, the franchise maybe like three to five years down the road, Jenny? Well, like I mentioned, so now we're focused on growth through um, – regional development. Um, we've outsourced um, our franchise development so that we can focus um, our home office focus on support. And that's that's a really uh, important transition that we made last year. Um, when we made that transition last year, we signed 87 contracts for new development, and that was significant for us. So we have right now uh, 29 spas operating. We have 87 spas under contract to develop over the next 10 years, um, and, and that's domestically. We have a spa opening in India and 91 spas under contract to develop there. Um, we will be growing um, domestically through regional development. That means um, we have a regional developer who signs a contract for an area, and then they are responsible for developing a certain number of spas and then supporting and training those spas. Now, we still do everything that we uh, would do with a normal franchisee. It's just extra layer of ground support there. And I love that method uh, because it's it's a grassroots method of growth. It's, it's somebody on the ground finding franchisees, training them. And people I have spoken with who um, are in those areas are very excited about that as well. So I like this method. It has allowed us to expand more rapidly. Um, And now because we have spent 10 years on building these systems, the village, this online university that was, by the way, built by the team that built the Federal Aviation Learning Management System, it's a very advanced learning management system that our franchisees have access to. Um, We have these, these 
incredible tools for our franchisees. Because we did that, now we can expand. Um, we have systems in place that could support 200 franchises easily. Um, so that's the way that we're going to grow in the future is through regional development. <clears throat> that's fantastic. What's the best way, Jenny, for our listeners to get more information <clears throat> on becoming a franchisee? Any websites they should go to, any numbers they can call? Sure. Um, we just built our new website, woodhousefoz.com, mm-hmm. and you can visit woodhousefranchises.com for more information on the Woodhouse franchise. That's fantastic. I want to thank you again, Jenny. You've been a fantastic guest. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.